second, everybody, and welcome back to the Mainland Podcast. We are up to episode number 102, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Joining me, as always, is Mainland writer David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? I'm feeling blown away, and the hurricane hasn't even gotten here yet. Well, you're not even on the side of the state that's going to get hit, so... Well, uh, not now, but 24 <laughs> hours ago I was. That's true. How quickly these things do change. Uh, by this time tomorrow, we might not even be worried about anything, and nothing will be closed, and nothing will be canceled. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, so Hurricane Irma is out there and potentially headed this direction, but uh, at this moment... Uh, uh, despite not being able to get water <laughs> and uh, a few other things, I'm still pretty optimistic that things will be all right. And, uh, you know, we'll do our normal thing and we'll fill up the pitchers and pots and pans with water if it looks like things are going to be a little bit shaky around here. But uh, other than that, we're just going to, you know, live our lives. And, uh, we're Floridians. That's what yeah, we do. That's, this is this all part of the gig. It's all, that's part of uh, living in this climate. You just got to deal with stuff and... You know, whether it's mosquitoes or humidity or a hurricane every now and then, you just got to deal with it. Um, anyway, Dave, uh, so I guess we'll start out by talking about Orlando City going to New England and or at least some guys wearing purple shirts went to New England. I don't know if it was actually Orlando City or not. They didn't really uh, play like a Major League Soccer team would be expected to normally play. Uh, but uh, yeah, it kind of um, looked like you and I were out on the field. It was ugly. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It was ugly. It was a bad performance. It didn't look like uh, – I mean, I think we saw back-to-back games against the crew and Vancouver, which looked like a team that was maybe starting to turn the corner and just not quite getting the results yet. And uh, then there was a complete regression. Obviously, it was a road game, so that makes a little bit of a difference. Uh, but it, I saw players that looked – disinterested i saw players that didn't look like they were uh really happy to be there um i saw a guy named carlos rivas that looks like the wheels have completely fallen off of his game for some reason um uh, i didn't think kaka was especially good in fact i thought he was particularly bad at times um it, it was just not a good performance and it was it was very disheartening obviously there were a lot of players missing uh, Yoshimaru Yotun and Kyle Laren off with the uh, the international duty. We had uh, Chris Nagita suspended as we as we do every now and again. Another thing you got to deal with as a Floridian: the occasional hurricane, yeah. the occasional suspension for Chris Nagita. Um, I don't know, Dave. I, I don't even really want to talk <laughs> about this game that much because I hate Kai Kamara. He scored a hat. Oh, you stole my line. He's, That's what I was. He scored say. a freaking hat trick, and Ugh. it didn't even look like he had to work real hard to get one of those uh-huh. goals, even though he was the only Revolution player amongst four Orlando City players on one of them. Um, he just looked like he was a player that did want the ball, and I saw a few players that didn't look like they want the ball all that much. Which you know, that's that's what's the killer thing for me is, uh, well, one. I also hate Kai Kamara. Two, you know, we mentioned that there were people that weren't there. You know, uh, no Laren, obviously Spectre's out. Um, Yoshi, how, how, how quickly have we uh, come to, to value, um, you know, his contributions? Um, but, you know, you would think that with um, the opportunities with uh, younger guys coming in, that they'd want to be, that they would be up and trying to prove themselves. And it just, it, it didn't look like it. Um, so, uh, 
you're right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk much about it either. Uh, you know, add in the fact that then you get aha sent off. Now, granted, it didn't matter at that point, but still, yeah. Um, it, it's just it, it was, just made uh, the end end result look worse on paper. Uh, right. I mean, it it was bad, and it made it look it made it look every bit as bad and maybe worse than it should have. But, um, you mentioned, you know, yeah, we have gotten used to, to Yoshi pretty quickly and, and have, uh, grown very fond of him rather, uh, in a, in a very short period of time because game recognized game as the kids say, Dave. Um, That's right. so we, uh, we will hope to get our Peruvian back and, uh, in the lineup very, very quickly because he makes, he's one of those players that makes other players better. And right now we need everybody to be better. Like everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just, just not any real danger, uh, at all for, uh, for Orlando city. Um, I mean, this was one of those where I, I don't, I, I mean, I guess if I went and thought about it for a few minutes, I might think of a really good scoring chance that Orlando city had, uh, there was the one, um, <laughs> header from Dom. Well, that, okay. So that yeah. Was the, uh, yeah. That All right. It. So yeah, you just actually you just reminded me of it. It wasn't actually a header. There was a no. there was a set piece where uh, Aha had a back heel flick that sent uh, Dom in, and Dom had uh, a lot of net to shoot at, and unfortunately hit Cody Cropper's uh, back foot, and right. uh, and stayed out. And that was when you kind of thought, here we go again. This is not going to be our day yet again because how does Dom Dwyer? All he has to do is basically get it within the goalpost, but miss the keeper, and it didn't happen. So, um, you know, I think Dom is pressing very hard to try to get that first goal for Orlando City. I know he feels very, um, uh, I guess, he really wants to give back to Orlando because he knows how happy. Uh, Orlando City fans are to have him here, and I think he feels that responsibility, the weight of that responsibility. And so I think he's pressing a little bit, and I think once he gets that first one, he's going to go on a tear. But the problem is getting that first one, and, and that hasn't happened yet. But, um, you know, it was the, there were warning signs there uh, mm-hmm. before the, the first goal from Kamara. He, he eventually did score it. Uh, Orlando City didn't seem very interested in keeping the ball um, possessing it, passing it accurately to one another around the field. And it was just, it was, it was very disheartening to watch that entire match. And, and it, it just unraveled further and further. I mean, when it was one nil, it seemed out of reach in, you know, and, but you know, you, you still had that hope at least when it was one right. nil, but then that hope dissipated pretty quickly once it became two nil. <laughs> Every every once in a while, dear listeners, we have a uh, we have a match where uh, after we're done speaking about it here, we never speak of it again. Mm-hmm. This is most likely going to be one of those matches, especially when Kai gets a hat trick. So uh, whenever we finish talking about this, it shall never be spoken of again. Yeah, I think first MLS hat trick, you just automatically put Orlando City next to that somewhere. Uh, I was actually surprised that that was Kai Kamara's first MLS hat trick. Um, but he had never had one before then. And uh, Lee Wynn did a little thing called assisting on four goals and tying a major league soccer record. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Forgot hey, about that. The, you, you know, Orlando City, all kinds of firsts, all kinds of records, just not in a good way. Um, <laughs> it's not in a good way this season. Uh, but we, we, we help a lot of people, <laughs> just not ourselves. What do you think, Dave? We still got to pick a man of the match because that's what we do here, and we've set the precedent, and we have been consistent. Uh, so we're not going to get out of that responsibility or shirk that responsibility. We're gonna we're gonna man up and pick a man of the match. Who do you uh, got? Yeah, um, 
I, 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 I even though he missed the goal, I've got to go with Dom because at least it, it, he's he's like we said he's pressing too hard. It means he cares. So I <laughs> I don't know uh, you know that or Aha for getting a second yellow just because he was trying. I you know <laughs> it's so bad, it's so hard. I, I I'll go with my first pick. I'll go with Dom, but you know that's that's one of those you you can't. There is no right choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Dylan Powers. Uh, I thought Dylan Powers showed me a few things in that game, and he's clearly still not uh, 100% on the same page as his teammates yet. But he really looked like a very useful player to me. He he was he was getting his toe into passing lanes and 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 nicking the ball away a few times. He he was uh, he was pretty good going forward. I didn't look at his final stats. I usually do that, and I I had no desire to look at the stat sheet <laughs> after that game. But uh, I, I thought for me, Dylan Power stood out a little bit, and I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think that he's. Uh, potentially a very useful player in multiple roles for Orlando city. So I, I think I'm going to give mine to Dylan, but certainly yes, Dom uh, was one of the players that did look like he was trying that did look like he cared. Um, you know, there was, uh, I didn't think there was anything lacking tactically or shape wise or any of that. I didn't think that it was a question of getting out coached. I think it was a team that had several players uh, not look like they were they were wanting to perform, and uh, that's that's a problem that you can you can blame on the coach, you can blame on the players. Doesn't matter. It's everybody's fault essentially. Uh, but it's very very difficult um, to even fathom that kind of performance from a, essentially a bunch of guys that are playing for jobs next year. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Is uh, you know, like I said, you had guys that were coming up that opportunity. You had other guys that, you know, maybe were on the bubble. Um, uh, changes are coming down the pipeline. Everybody, I mean, if we know it, they know it. Um, so how, how they can't be, uh, you know, out there uh, trying to make sure they secure their position uh, is, is beyond me. Um, I mean, I know if I'm having a bad sales month and uh, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm out there, you know, beating the bushes, trying to, trying to drum something up. Well, if, if I'm having a, you know, a bad couple games or whatnot, I'm going to be, or if I have an opportunity, I'm going to, I'm going to be putting, you know, my best foot forward and trying to get something taken care of. And, and like you said, this, it, they, uh, maybe it was just, they got down early and, and I, but even like you said, even before that, it, it didn't seem like anybody was truly interested. So I don't know. Uh, there's, I, I honestly, I, I've almost think we've said too much about it at this point. All right, so that's it. That's it. We've got our man of the match. We've got we've we've talked enough about the game itself because uh, any breath spent on on that game is probably more than it deserves. And um and then so we'll 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 talk about our next thing, which we also don't want to talk about. Uh, and that is Will Johnson being arrested today as we record this We're recording on Wednesday. We normally record on Tuesday, but we took the night off to watch uh, the U.S. men's national team um, nearly blow a game against Honduras uh, in much the same manner as Orlando so. City uh, played against New, New England. But uh, So we're recording this on Wednesday. Will Johnson arrested today on charges of uh, domestic violence. And um, I've read this police report, and essentially what it seems like happened is uh, that Will is, and his wife are getting divorced, and that's been in the works for a while. Uh, they were having a heated discussion and Will decided he would try to record the conversation for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, but he put his phone up and, and uh, on the counter to record the conversation. Apparently, um, 
you know, the missus didn't care for that and picked up the phone and turned away from him. And he uh, tackled her and she sustained a couple of minor cuts and bruises. And uh, the police were called in. And of course, when that happens uh, and, uh, you know, the police arrive and there's a, 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 a man and a woman and the woman's uh, got, you know, bleeding from a cut on her knee. And, you know, the complaint is that she's been assaulted. You know, the, the guy gets a free all expenses paid trip to jail. And uh, so Will Johnson arrested. I'm, I'm not trying to make light of this situation by any means. This is a very serious situation. Uh, I'm just trying to kind of go through what uh, what happened and in, in, in terms of the police report and it's uh it's it's you know it it's a horrific look no matter how you look at it uh certainly poor judgment on will's part uh to lay hands on her at all um you know uh i guess it's very hard uh situation to talk about but i guess if there's any relief it's that you know nobody threw a punch in this situation um or, or used any kind of a weapon or anything. All of this is extremely serious. And I'm not, again, I'm not downplaying what he did. What he did was absolutely inexcusably wrong. Um, you know, if this, if this all pans out to, to be true, uh, Will Johnson should not be on this team anymore and probably shouldn't be in MLS anymore. And at age 30, I would, I would, I mean, someone might take a flyer on him at some point, but I just can't see his career progressing in MLS from this point onward. Dave, what are your thoughts on, on this situation as a whole and, and on, um, you know, the situation with Will Johnson, who, by the way, has been suspended by MLS for now as they uh, investigate the situation? Well, and rightly so. Uh, you know, when you have something like this uh, happen, obviously, you know, that suspension uh was was going to come down there was you know there was no way that that wasn't happening <clears throat> excuse me um you know as far as the situation itself obviously um it's horrible when anything like this happens in any respect um you know we weren't there um you know we can only go what off uh is in the police report mm-hmm. um and you know so obviously you know we're not going to you know speculate on any of that other than to say um uh, that it is innocent until proven guilty, and I'm not trying to say that he's innocent. I'm simply saying that that's the way our system works. Mm-hmm. Um, he will, you know, the lawyers will either work it out or he'll have his day in court, whichever goes, you know, however that goes. Um, and, you know, we'll have to wait for more information on that. My, you know, uh, my feeling is, is that, um, you know, Will Johnson has put on uh, the purple for the last time. Um, uh, it would be, uh, extraordinary circumstances for that not to be the case. Um, once again, just my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, even then we'll just, we will have to wait and see. Obviously we hope that, you know, um, you know, she is okay. Um, and that, you know, there weren't any serious injuries. Um, obviously divorce is a, is a very tough thing to go through, even in the best of, uh, terms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, I, I'm, I'm divorced. Um, and you know, people said we had the poster we were poster children for divorce it was very amicable and even still it's heart-wrenching so um you know i can only imagine uh what's going on uh with both of them and 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 the people in their lives so uh you know my feeling is is we we stay tuned um you know obviously you know as we learn more you know the mainland we'll get that out to to everybody to to read about but um 
uh, it, it's it's an unfortunate situation, but uh, uh, I don't think that we will uh, we will see Will on the team again. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, first of all, he's going to have to go through the same program that Kyle went through, and I don't think that uh, it will be as simple a matter for him. Uh, as it was for a, you know for a DUI, obviously if, if it's a, a first DUI, it's it's probably a pretty standard thing. You go to counseling, and uh, you answer some questions and that kind of thing. For something like this, I got to imagine it's a lot more complicated. Um, I don't know that, but I would imagine so. I mean, this is not something uh, that um, you know. I, I think that there is uh, a lot of people out there who have maybe had one too many and then got behind the wheel of a car. That's a whole different situation. Um, both are bad situations and you don't want anybody to ever do any of these things. But um, I, I just think this seems like a lot more of a complicated thing and, and it's, um, you know, potentially an anger issue, which is differently, you know, a little bit different. And, um, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame. This is a guy who was brought in to be a team leader and who had been really an exemplary team leader all season long. He had been, mm-hmm. um, you know, the captain when Kaka was out. In fact, he was, you know, a lot of a lot of pretty loud whispers that he was maybe really a better team captain than Kaka um, in a lot of ways. So it, it's very disheartening to see this happen to anybody. It's very disheartening to to, you know, to hear that any anyone has, you know, anyone has done this, regardless of what they do for a living, whether they play soccer or they're, you know, work at the garage down the street or whatever. Um, it, it's not something you ever want to hear about. And it's uh, a shame. And, um, you know, like you said, Dave, I think very uh, admirably, you know, we're happy that everybody's OK um, and that uh, nobody was seriously hurt. And uh, hopefully everybody can, um, you know, get past this and go through their, you know, whatever processes they need to go through and and, you know, live out their lives happily the rest of the way. But I I'd agree with you. I would say that this is does not bode well for for Will Johnson. Uh, continuing at Orlando, and I don't really think at his age in MLS uh, in general, it's just uh, it, this is, doesn't seem to be something somebody could could uh, could really um, bounce back from, unless there's just been a, a gross exaggeration, uh, you know, in the police report. And if there is, obviously, you know, that will come to light. Right. So we're gonna we'll report what happens. You know, we're we're like you said, we're not gonna speculate on on uh, what might come to pass but we will say that uh, you know we'll let the authorities handle it and we'll we'll report what we know when we know it and um obviously affect how it affects the team is they won't have will johnson for the foreseeable future if ever again uh certainly not this weekend at dc united and um that puts them behind the eight ball they'll get christian Aguita back uh looks like jonathan specter will probably still not be back he uh, as of today was not back to full training as uh, far as i know uh from the people that i've spoke to i didn't make it to training today because i gotta work man if i didn't have to work if work wasn't in the way i would be at training every day but uh unfortunately that's not an option stupid work <laughs> yes it gets in the way of everything uh it's just like when i was in college stupid classes got in the way of all, all the good stuff exactly uh, anyway um so, they, you know, there's a midfielder, they're down. Um, you know, Yotun will be back from uh, international duty with Peru. But, of course, you know, um, 
maybe available off the bench instead of uh, like a starting situation, depending on, uh, I'm not exactly sure how many minutes he played with Peru the other day. Did he go 90? Do you know? I don't know. I didn't get to watch that one. So, um, and then Kyle Aaron came off the bench for Canada, I believe, um, at least in the first game. And, uh, we'll, we should have Kyle back. So there's a couple guys getting back. Um, and a couple guys that are still going to be out. Looks like Larea and, uh, and of course Johnson will be out and it looks like Spectre will be out. And of course, uh, Jose Aja will be out because he will be suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he'll get the yellow card accumulation plus the red card. Uh, so I believe it's two games for him. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, Jason Christ is going to have to, uh, throw something together. We'll, I imagine we'll see Tommy Redding and, uh, Leo Pereira in the lineup as the, the center back pairing. So buckle up <laughs> and, um, you know, should, uh, of course see Sutter and Toya at the fullback spots. And, uh, and then, you know, Igita uh, can come back in possibly Yotun. Maybe we'll see Giles and Kaka, um, in there as well. And, uh, then up top, you know, should maybe be a Dwyer, a Laren, or a uh, situation where maybe Laren comes off the bench and Riva starts uh, since he is coming off the the international duty. But we'll we'll get to the we'll get to all that later as we look ahead to Orlando City at DC United on Saturday, out of the path of the hurricane. Yeah. Um, all right. So the two things we talked about so far: Orlando City and the Revs, and Will Johnson suck and suck. Uh, we don't want to talk about stuff like that. So let's talk about uh, a 12-game unbeaten streak, Dave. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yes, Orlando City B, the Young Lions, uh, they were minutes away from a win, uh, but gave up a goal and, and ended up uh, drawing Bethlehem Steel FC uh, over the, uh, the uh, Thursday. That was actually a Thursday game. They have another one uh, tonight as this podcast drops on Thursday. It's tomorrow as we record it. And uh, they are now unbeaten in 12 matches 12 Dave that's four wins and eight draws uh, and they had climbed as high as sixth in the USL's Eastern Conference I will take that every single time give me a you know draw and you know (laughs) twice as many draws as as wins but no losses all day every day every week points are good points are good I think that we're onto something here that if you accumulate points in all your <laughs> games and never lose, that you probably will have a pretty good season. You know, I, I, I'd like to go back and double check the math, but I think that you're right. Uh, that, that does seem to, to, to be the way to go about it. Um, perhaps we should have somebody from OCB talk to the, uh, the MLS squad about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I have already suggested that, uh, Lucas, the uh, PR guy for OCB, take over for Orlando City and let the Orlando City folks uh, take over for OCB and then swap places and see if the, if the results change. Because I'm, I'm all about the social experiments. Yeah, and just see if it's if it's simply if it's if it's just Lucas, because, you know, it's got to be something, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm, Lucas I'm sure has the magic touch. Could be. I, I'm sure it's not just that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the coach has got them in a position to uh, to to win and succeed, and that the players are, are bought in and and trying hard. And I'm, I'm sure it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, but um, here's the thing: so OCB doesn't score a lot of goals. 
but they still get results. Orlando City doesn't score goals, and they don't get any results. So they just have to figure out whatever Anthony Pulis is doing and, and apply that to the, uh, the senior club. Um, so, Dave, it's not all good news with OCB. I mean, yeah, they're going for 13 straight. They're going to play Richmond. Uh, but they're not going to have the guy that scored the goal for them on Thursday, which was Pierre Da Silva, one of their best players and one of the best players in the USL. Uh, because Pierre uh, picked up a little naughty yellow card in mm-hmm. the first half stoppage time against Bethlehem, and uh, the discipline panel for the USL decided that was not a yellow card offense. That should be worse. So he uh, is suspended for one game. He will miss Thursday's match against the Richmond Kickers. Sure, because we can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things. It doesn't even matter if it's a uh, a young player signed to an MLS contract who might uh, potentially uh, be able to help this club. And, um, you know, he's done a great job in the USL. Uh, and I know that he, uh, I, well, I shouldn't say I know. I'm pretty sure that he actually trained with Orlando City. So he is suspended in the USL. But might Jason Christ not use him for the MLS team that is down a midfielder? Hmm. Now that is interesting and quite frankly why not uh jason needs to do something <laughs> so why not bring up the silva and see if it makes a difference i mean it can't hurt right uh i have learned from rooting for this team that it can always get worse <laughs> even when you think you found the, the floor the basement the, the the very bottom of the barrel there's another layer of the barrel down there we need to get a smaller barrel. It's like, oh, have you only won two games uh, since uh, the end of April? Oh, uh, have you have you have you not won a, any of your last eight games? Um, have you not scored more than one goal in more than two months? Well, here's a nice little arrest for one of your players. You know, there's always something. There's always something that can make things worse. You cannot ever have the bottom, the very, very rock bottom. There's no such thing as the rock bottom. The bottom just, it's like one of the, it's like that, was it, the, 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 the movie 300 where they kick the guy in the, in the, uh, the well there and it just, the guy just falls forever. Just, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, let, it's kind of like that. Let's, Lest people think that we're uh, or, that we're or being you know really down about all this, it's it's one of those you gotta laugh so you don't cry things. So you know if if we don't if we don't make uh, a, a few jokes here and there, then uh, well we'll probably all just be depressed. So, but uh-huh. I don't want to take the I don't want to take the focus off of of OCB and the job that they're doing. And even Pierre, even though he got that yellow, he did have that beautiful goal in the 75th minute. Um, so. You know, good for him on that one, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. you know, we'll, we we will get him back. You know, and uh, you know, I I, I think uh, the future is very bright for that young lad. I do too, and I you know, I, I was told today that one of his very best friends is Rafael Ramos, and so now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. The suspensions mm-hmm. all make sense. <laughs> the, the hot-headedness, you know, the temper. It, it all it all uh, is put into perspective. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be good. He, he actually in that game, uh, he got good woodwork. We've had way too much bad woodwork this uh, this season, mm-hmm. but he banged his in off of the uh, the woodwork, uh, much like Giles Barnes did a couple of games ago, uh, and uh, it was a nice goal. And uh, I I'm um, I'm just a, a little bummed that he's not going to be part of of that 13th straight without a loss. I, I'm. I'm, I guess I'm predicting it now. I guess I'm predicting that they'll get a result against well, the Richmond kickers. 
I mean, frankly, when you know when we've been predicting uh, the MLS squad, we say you know until they can prove that uh, that they can win, we're not going to predict a one. Well, guess what? Um, until until they lose, I'm not going to predict a loss for OCB. Yeah, well, we don't do a lot of OCB predicting here. Uh, well, we do internally. But, uh, I will be uh, over at the stadium for the tail end of that game as I uh, am going over to uh, do the uh, Pride game. I'm going to do the recap of the Pride game um, on Thursday night. If you haven't heard about that, you know, that's the, the doubleheader uh, that uh, Hurricane Irma has uh, has forced. Uh, the, the Pride was supposed to play on Saturday against Seattle Rain in a potential uh, NWSL playoff clinching game for the pride, but they moved that up to Thursday and, and uh, you know, the OCB was supposed to start uh, in the evening. They've been pushed back to four 30 in the afternoon and uh, the pride will play at 8 PM. And if you bought a ticket to either game, you get to see both. And that's kind of cool. That is cool. So I'm hoping for a big crowd, uh, maybe the biggest crowd that we've had for OCB, uh, which wouldn't really take a lot, I think, uh, to get. I think a regular, just an average Pride crowd would be the the biggest OCB crowd uh, in the the short history of the Young Lions. And uh, just hoping for more and more people to jump on that Pride bandwagon. Let's talk about the Pride Day because they played the Boston Breakers uh, last weekend and um, they made it five straight wins and six straight without a loss. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, we like those uh, zeros in the loss column. Well. Um... You know, I said that we can't have nice things. Uh, I was not referring to the pride because we definitely can have nice things when it comes to the pride. Uh, <laughs> wins and goals and people stepping up and, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been all niceness and goodness with uh, with the pride. And I'm loving every minute of it. So, um, yeah, uh, five in a row, uh, of course, um, uh, we Hill got that brace and, you know, and. Frankly, her positioning, you know, on both of those was was excellent inside the box. I thought uh, she did an excellent job there, and and you know she continues to to create chances for uh, her teammates. It just they're playing so well. It, it it's you you know when we were having trouble finding a, a man of the match for uh, the MLS squad, um, it's it's almost as hard to find somebody who's not doing well for the pride. So. Well, that's true because the Pride have four players, Dave, on the NWSL team of the month for August. Four players, Steph Catley and Ellie Krieger on the back line, Marta and uh, Alex Morgan. Uh, so uh, kudos to Tom Sermani's team. He's got them playing really well. They they uh, they played in a downpour, Dave, in front of 5,000 plus people. Uh, and it was a heck of a rain uh, going. Uh, our we had a photographer out there, and if you look at our photo gallery from that match, there's the the one thing that sticks out to you is there are not that many photos because um, you know our, it was a new photographer for us, Gabby. She didn't want to get her uh, equipment wet, and she didn't have uh, you know the rain coverings for her for equipment, so she didn't uh, shoot a ton of pictures. Uh, but the second thing is you see the water droplets in the air around mm-hmm. these players, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It was it was really just coming down. Um, Rachel Hill with a couple early goals. She uh, came within inches, Dave, of the hat trick, and uh, would have been the first Pride hat trick, and it would have been in 20, the first 23 minutes of the game it would have been. Um, so that would have been pretty amazing. Uh, Chi Obogagu with another goal. I think that's her third this year. She's continuing to get the podcast bump uh, from her appearance uh, way back. Uh, what we have? We had her in, uh, uh, what, uh, May, May 17th 
so Chi, congrats to her and uh, getting that goal. And uh, it was um, a little bit tough, actually. It was a tough game, a tougher game than expected from the Breakers. They ended up uh, getting a couple goals. Ended up being a 4-2 uh, victory, Dave. And, um, you know, what stood out to you for uh, from the Pride? Um just the way they they uh, they move the ball forward, um, you know their their passes are are crisp. Um, everybody seems to know uh, where where everybody else is on the field, and um, it, it it's very uh, I want to say seamless. It's just um, you know they're picking their head up, they're making the they're making the pass, they're getting the ball down the field quickly, and and then you know doing what you should do is crossing the ball into the box and creating scoring opportunities. So it's, it seems very, uh, you know, well-oiled machine like at the moment. And, you know, and, and it's not just, you know, any one player, um, you know, they're working the ball out of the, out of the back, but um, you know, at the same time, um, you know, these are not, you know, ticky tacky passes that they're, you know, going up the field. These are long passes. So it's um, it, they're just, they, they seem to all be on the same page and it's, and whatever they're doing, it's working. So. Yep, it it really is uh, fun to watch them. Um, there were times after the they got the two goal lead that, that I thought that they fell asleep a little bit, took their foot off the gas just a bit, which mm-hmm. is actually kind of nice from a coaching perspective, as you can show them that film and go, look, we you know we we were great for half an hour, and then what happened? What did you guys you guys lost your focus? You didn't uh, stick with it, and it, it's it's kind of that thing where. You know, you you want your team to play well, and then but you want to have that little something that you can you can yell at Keep them about, and, yeah, and say, look, we got to be better. We're not going to get reach our goals. Uh, Marta had the the other goal in the in of the four, by the way, and uh, that took her up into a uh, second place tie uh, behind Sam Kerr, who was like uncatchable, because right. <laughs> anything just when you. She lets everybody get, catch back up within a goal, and then she scores another hat trick, it seems like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but there's only a few games left, and Sam Kerr has, uh, has uh, tied the the uh, NWSL record uh, for goals in a season that uh, Kim Little had uh, established. But um, And the other sad thing is that Alex Morgan's goal-scoring streak came to an end uh, at, what, five games? Mm-hmm. And um, she was not able to get on the score sheet but uh, she did get an assist in the game. So she was a uh, part of, of one of the goals and, and actually her presence was probably felt on uh, more than one occasion during that game. Well, the good news is she gets to start a new streak. Yeah, I'm all for that. I yeah. am definitely in favor. I'm down. Put me down. I'm down. Uh, so, you know, good for Tom Sermani, good for the Orlando pride. They've got Seattle rain and that is the team that's, uh, that's really chased, chasing after them uh mm-hmm. three more points for orlando would clinch their spot or would actually would clinch them finishing ahead of sky blue no matter what happens with sky blue they would finish ahead of sky blue if they get three more points if they get those three against the rain they'll have an eight point gap on the rain with two games to play for both teams so guess what that would be a clinched playoff spot dave if that comes to pass and they can beat the seattle rain and as as uh, as this drops, that would be tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, get out there, go watch the pride. And OCB. And and OCB because you're gonna get if you got to take it for one, you got to take it for both. And uh, you know, have the opportunity to to see an Orlando team clinch a playoff spot. How nice would yeah, that be? That would be really really great. And I hope that I really hope that comes to pass. This uh, 
this you know the the big uh, unbeaten streak has come against some of the you know teams below uh, you know fifth sixth place in the standings. So it would be nice uh, now with these tougher teams coming up to really test this team. And I, and I think Seattle's a team they can get at offensively, but they're also a very very difficult team to keep off the scoreboard. Uh, the rain score a lot of goals. Of course, Megan Rapino scores a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it's going to be a tall order from a defensive standpoint. The last two games against Portland and North Carolina are different animals. It's going to be hard to score against those teams. Those are the two best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it will be interesting to see how their attack, since it has evolved quite a bit uh, since uh, they last played either of those teams, uh, how it stacks up against them. They don't have a great record against those two teams, uh, have never beaten the Portland Thorns, and um, I believe only one win out of, uh, no, actually two wins against uh, North Carolina because they beat them once when they were the Western New York Flash New York last Flash, year. Yeah. And uh, they beat them once this year. So two and two against that team. So that's kind of a rubber match. So uh, hopefully, uh, and that one's on the road. So again, uh, and that might actually be a first-round matchup. Uh, so they could be going there to find out uh, exactly what the hope. Hopefully they will go into that last game already having clinched so yep. that they don't have to show North Carolina all their cards. That would be kind of go- good. Yeah, let's just get it out of the way uh, tonight <laughs> and, and lock this thing up tonight and, and be done with it. And then be nice and relaxed going into those final two games and, and just, you know, uh, cruise on into the, to the playoffs and then take it from there. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Dave, why don't we get to our guest? Because we've been talking about the Pride quite a bit. And uh, I think our, our guest tonight knows a little bit about the Orlando Pride and about what they've been going through and, and especially about that game. Uh, last weekend in a 4-2 win against Boston. Uh, We'll get to this week's guest right after this. All right, joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, very happy to have with us uh, a member of the very hot and streaking Orlando Pride team, the winners of five straight, unbeaten in six, Rachel Hill. Rachel, thanks for being with us on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me. So I want to just start out by just jumping right in and uh, talking about that, that rain-soaked game last weekend uh, in which you guys extended the uh, the streak to five. And uh, you got things started off with a, an early brace and, and really came very close to having a hat trick early on in the game. Uh, what was the game like from from your perspective in terms of of uh, you getting you know really great service from your teammates and you guys just all clicking early? Yeah, I mean we came out strong, definitely ready and prepared for that game, and uh, things went our way early. We were just combining really well, playing really well together, and not giving them any good chances at all. So the game just started off really well for us. So, uh, like Michael said, from your perspective, um, you know, you're, you're getting into the, into the box, uh, the, the ball is coming in, uh, of course on the first one, you know, a little bit of a cleanup duty and the second one, just, a uh, a brilliant run. Um, what was it that you were, uh, was there something that you were feeling or something you were seeing, um, that, uh, was making that possible that early in the game? Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, it was, pretty rainy and the ground was wet and so I I just know from experience that goalies are going to bobble it uh, it's going to skip across the ground and so you got to be ready in the box so 
I guess I just had that mindset going in and I was prepared for any little rebound that came my way. Rachel, what's been the difference to, in your mind from, you know, the, the first few months of the season to, to this recent, uh, you know, basically real, really a gelling of the team, everybody coming together. It really doesn't seem to matter uh, if a player misses a game or, uh, you know, if Tom changes the lineup or, or the shape a little bit, um, what, what's the big difference on the team this year or in, in recent weeks as opposed to earlier in the season in your mind? Um, well, I wasn't here for the very beginning, right. so April and a bit of May I wasn't here. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that we finally just figured out our style of play and and who we are as a team and seeing that possession really works for us and then – when Alex came back, um, obviously she's a real threat for us up top. So starting to get used to playing those long balls through and breaking through their back line, which I don't think we were doing much earlier in the season. So now that we're kind of getting that under our belt and uh, have that as a threat, I think that's really helped us in our attack at least. And then defending, um, I mean, our back four right now is just doing really well. They're organized. They we have experience back there, and they've just been holding it together for us. Well, speaking of uh, Alex coming back, obviously you, you're having the opportunity to to play with her and also with Marta. Um, what's that been like for you? Um, you know, with like you said, uh, uh, you know, some world class players there. It's been unreal. I mean, I only dreamed of this day, so it's. It's incredible. Um, I learn from them each and every day. Uh, just try and pay attention to little things that they do that make them stand out from everyone else. And it's an honor to be able to play with both of them, as well as, you know, Allie Krieger and Seth Catley and then Monica, so many other just incredible players that I really look up to. You mentioned earlier about um, you know joining the team a little bit late. You you obviously uh, went and, and finished school, which is a very important thing. Um, did you? What was your mindset during that time? Did you feel like were you worried and nervous at all about you know maybe you were falling behind your teammates while while they were together and, and you weren't with them or um, you know were, you know how did that go for you? And, and then what was it like when you when you finally uh, came into the team? Um. Yeah, so I came in for a week um, in March during my spring break uh, at college. So it was nice to just get that, even though it was only a week, but just get in here and start to learn the girls' names and everything because uh, it took me about a week to do that. Um, <laughs> so that was really nice. So it made coming back in May a little bit easier. Um, but it, it wasn't too difficult. I, I was definitely nervous coming in, but... Everyone, I mean, welcomed me, and it was an easy group to fit in with. Everyone's very kind and, you know, didn't get on me for a bad pass or anything. The first couple of days, uh, they knew that I was nervous enough. So they did a really good job welcoming me in. Well, uh, you talked about, you know, learning little things uh, here and there. What uh, what do you think is one of the strengths of your game, and, and what area are you trying to improve upon? Um, my strength, I think, is getting played in behind the back line, so running onto balls. Uh, 
chasing goal. And I definitely am trying to improve upon my 1v1 game, just taking players on down the line uh, and playing with my back to goal. Rachel, you came over, um, obviously, in a trade. Uh, Tom Sermani sent a, a couple of draft picks uh, in, in exchange for you. I wanted to ask you, like, the two sides of the coin of, of this trade. Um, do you feel, because you're going to be playing Portland in a couple of weeks, did you play, or did you feel like maybe a little bit of um, uh, a little hurt, a little resentment that, that Portland didn't uh, keep you? And, and on the other hand, did you, you know, what, how did it make you feel that Tom Sermani was willing to give up two picks to get you? Yeah, it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I guess Mark was really good about it. Uh, he called me and really explained the situation to me and how it would work out, and it, that helped me a lot. So um, he kind of was like looking out for me in the sense that he didn't feel like I would really get many minutes out there, as you know, Portland's pretty stacked with forwards and stuff. So. Um, over here, he felt like I'd get that opportunity to get minutes in and possibly start. So, um, and then Tom, yeah, I mean, I was honored that that they were willing to trade for me, and I was excited to be here. So it all worked out. Well, of course, uh, you did have to make that mental switch uh, once you were traded. Um, what have been your impressions of the the organization as a whole uh, in your time so far? It's really good. Um, I mean, they treat us in, incredibly well here, and the facilities we have are amazing. The stadium is unreal. And so I think it's a really good organization to be in, even though it only is two years old. It's, it's only getting better from here. So it's made a really good impression on me. Rachel, what I want to know is, in your time with Orlando, what have you learned from the Australians, and what have you learned from the Brazilians? Um, the Brazilians are always uh, just happy, always singing and everything, so I kind of take their attitude, I guess, towards the game. Um, they're very intense in training, but you know, at the same time, you can tell that they're always just having a great time. They just love football, so... I think I, take, I definitely take that from them. I mean, they're also really good with their feet and everything, but I think the attitude is what, what I really take from them. And then the Australians, they're both really good with their feet. Uh, they see the field really well. So those are two things that, that I see from them that are outstanding. So there's a lot to take from, from everyone, but those are just a couple things from each of them. Now, um, obviously, the the goal of the team is to is to win games. Do you have any any personal goals uh, or or markers you're trying to hit? Um, you know, as you play and as you develop. Yeah. So coming in, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I was hoping that within a month or so or two months, I would get some playing time, and that obviously happened a lot sooner than. I expected, I guess, which I was thrilled about. And then once I started getting a couple games under my belt, I thought about, well, obviously I want to score. So I kind of set five goals as my target. And I'm now at three. So I guess I have a couple more games to maybe get them. And so that's what I'm hoping to reach 
Yeah, and and you uh, you were actually a, a part of that uh, that win, the first win over Sky Blue in in Orlando history. Uh, going up there, it was a tough game. You guys have had a tendency of scoring one and then giving up two against Sky Blue, but this time, even though that happened, you guys were able to come back with a couple more goals. Uh, what was that first goal for you like as a professional? It was really exciting. I had a lot of my family and friends there, so uh, it was picture perfect for me. I couldn't have imagined it any better. Well, and then, you know, taking that a step further, uh, you know, getting the brace uh, last game. So you, you scored one in one game, two in another game. Um, I know you only need two more to get your five, but are, are you thinking you got to up the ante and get a hat trick? <laughs> I mean, that would always be nice if it happened, but no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. So getting back to, to last weekend, um, obviously Portland is a, like a whole different climate when it, when you consider women's soccer, but to get 5,000 Floridians to sit out in the rain for two hours to watch women's soccer, that had to be pretty, uh, a pretty cool thing for you guys. Yeah, it was really cool. The fans here are, are really great. They, they support us really well and, um, are very dedicated. So even when we have appearances and stuff, you know, you have that core group that will come out to every appearance and see us. And so they do a really good job and we appreciate all their support because it definitely helps us and um, makes it tougher teams to come here and play us. Now, of course, you guys have a, uh, a tough stretch uh, here to, to uh, end the season and hopefully get in the playoffs. Um, you know, What's the mentality going forward with uh, with these uh, top tier teams that you're going to be playing? Um, I mean, we haven't really focused on the last two yet, but just tomorrow we've really been focusing on how important of a game that is. It's kind of a must win for us, uh, so that we can clinch that playoff spot, hopefully. So, I mean, I think just making sure we're getting up and we're prepared for the game and we don't sit back at all. We just go at them, play our football and how we know how to play. And if we take care of that, then we should come out with a good result. And, you know, speaking of that preparation, uh, part of that was a little bit disrupted this week, moving the game up a couple of days because of the, the impending hurricane. Um, how has that affected you guys in terms of, uh, you know, dealing with the game? Is it, is it uh, you know, how did Tom make that transition and, and how did how is this all affecting you guys coming into a, what is could be a, a playoff clinching game against Seattle? Um, I mean, obviously, if we knew earlier, we would have maybe trained a little bit differently yesterday or something, but... I mean, Tom addressed it really well with us. There's no excuses. We're both thrown into the same situation, and really just there's no excuses. We need to get up for this game. We need to be ready for it and come out like we would any other game, forget all the circumstances, and just be ready to play. Speaking of the hurricane, because everybody is in this state, uh, (laughs) I I assume this is your first first time dealing with a – with a hurricane and, and, and what's that, uh, what's that been like? It is. Um, I don't know. I, 
I'm not too worried yet. I guess I don't really know what to expect. So, I mean, after seeing all the news and stuff with Houston, it's a little bit terrifying. But by the sounds of it, I think by the time they get to Orlando, it'll be not as bad. So, but I just went to the grocery store today, and it is funny to see all the water gone, all the bread gone, and <laughs> everyone just going crazy. Kind of. so that was different, but it's funny. I'm like, I'm trying not to worry. Yeah, for sure. Well, Rachel, uh, it's been great visiting with you. Before we let you go, I just wanted to uh, get one final question in. I want to know, you know, he's all smiles and jokes for the cameras, but what? how mean does Tom Sermani get when he's not happy? I want, I want the inside scoop here. <laughs> um, he's not mean. He's, he's good with us. He He's really good. He he definitely jokes around a lot, but I mean, everyone respects him so much. And when he gets serious, he's definitely serious. But he's a great coach. Ah, uh, he's probably in there making you guys cry at halftime, just screaming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. He 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 puts he puts forth such a such a you know like a fun and, and outgoing personality. I just wanted to I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. But, uh, Rachel Hill, yeah, uh, midfielder from the Orlando Pride. Thank you so much for being with us. You've been really uh, a treat to talk to, and and best of luck not only in that doubleheader with OCB tomorrow against uh, the Seattle Rain, but uh, going up against uh, your the one-time rights holders of, of you as a player, Portland Thorns, and uh, and then into the finale against North Carolina, and hopefully well into the postseason. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We want to uh, thank Rachel Hill for being with us, uh, Dave. She was awesome. Absolutely. A absolute pleasure to talk with. Good interview. Rachel Hill is a good interview. Let's just throw that out to the universe right now. Uh, and thanks to Jackie Maynard of uh, Orlando Pride uh, Communications for uh, setting that interview up. We really appreciate it. It's not like uh, the communications staff with Orlando City Soccer Club has been busy this week or anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've had nothing to do. They're twiddling their thumbs. Uh, Dave, before we get to our Ask the Mainland podcast uh, mailbag this week, uh, we had a, a couple of uh, qualifiers uh, in the last few days. U.S. men's national team went to Red Bull Arena, uh, also known as the House of Sadness, where nothing good ever happens, and um, other than a, a five to was a five to two or five to three win that Orlando City had in 2015. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was good. But other than that, nothing good ever happens at Red Bull Arena. And um, the U.S. lost to Costa Rica two nil. It was not good. You never want to lose a home game in the hex. Uh, Costa Rica is a good team though, and uh, you know U.S. had a, a chance to bounce back and get uh, you know go to Honduras and get a result. Didn't look like that was going to happen as Honduras scored a first half goal. And, um, you know, basically had the U.S. on its heels through most of the game. Um, but uh, the flying Hawaiian came off the bench and Bobby Wood scoring a very, very late equalizer uh, to grab a point. Smash and grab job in uh, San Pedro Sula. And uh, they come back from Honduras with that very important point. Now, Panama has jumped the U.S. Uh, because they beat Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, so mm-hmm. that sets up an extremely crucial match. Where? I believe that would be in Orlando. 
That's right. Orlando City Stadium in early October. Be here. Fill the stadium. Don't be a Panama fan. And, uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, you can like Panama by Van Halen, the Red Bulls, Panamanian soccer. Yeah, team. the Red Bulls uh, season ticket holders didn't buy enough tickets. And uh, so uh, it was a very largely Costa Rican crowd uh, for that qualifier in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, but I think that uh, they're outlaws and everybody are going to come down and fill the stadium and rock it for uh, the U.S. against Panama in a, a battle royale. Now, if the U.S. gets the upper hand and wins that game. Uh, then they'll uh, have to still close out the hex against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, so it is a, a chance here for, uh, you know, the uh, the U.S. to uh, still fight their way into Russia, even though uh, they didn't really have a good international window this time out. Uh, some definite problems at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Ream was terrible uh, against uh, Costa Rica and uh, Jeff Cameron even uncharacteristically bad against Costa Rica, and I think that was largely a chemistry issue between the two. Uh, yeah. Just didn't it seemed like they were way too wide all night, and they just didn't seem to read each other very well. And then uh, a, a center back problem gave Honduras a goal with a just a really bizarre play that it seemed like Omar Gonzalez had an easy clearance, and he just completely whiffed on the clearance and then the next thing you know is Kyoto puts it in the back of the net and Honduras has a lead and then you're chasing the game uh in a very hot steamy afternoon game and and you know what I want to I want to say screw Honduras for uh hosting the game in the middle of the damn day when no one could watch it (laughs) um just uh it wasn't good but when you go on the road a little bit of conca-caffing going on I think in that game as well um but um you know uh they went out there without Josie, and uh, they got a result. Well, uh, you know, we'll take a point. We would have liked three, but we'll take a point. And, you know, obviously uh, Josie not there, but we did have some uh, uh, players that, uh, you know, I, I felt Dempsey was his usual solid self. Uh, obviously Christian looked to be, you know, one of the best players on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, good old Bobby Wood coming in and, and, and getting that equalizer for us. Um, the, the biggest question I have is, is can we clone uh, Christian and Bobby? Well, Pulisic is the guy I was thinking of when I said there was a little bit of conca caffeine going on because that, that kid is just getting – he's getting a beating. I mean, there was one yeah. uh, there was one play that was kind of representative of that for me is that he, he was trying to chase a ball down from being a goal kick, and the defender was trailing him and just gave him a forearm shiver to the back and sent him flying – and it and was no just call. just a goal kick, you know. It was just a regular old goal kick, like nothing happened on that play. It's like it really bothers me that the, you know I know he's 18, but he's a star player. Star players uh, should at least get the calls that should be made if they're not even getting preferential treatment. You know, at least make the calls you're supposed to make. But again, a little bit of concaffing going on there. Um, it was uh, a little ugly for a few guys. I thought Graham Zusi was pretty bad on Tuesday. Uh, I th- right back, I thought Beasley had some issues, although he did save a goal on one uh, really nice defensive play, but he shouldn't have been put in that situation. Um, right. And I-, I thought it was a pretty terrible game for Darlington Nagby as far as he was good early, but then after that, he just seemed to, every time the ball came to him, whether it was a bad touch or uh, you know a turnover of some type, a bad pass, he, he really seemed to struggle from about the the 25 minute mark on. I, I didn't think that Darlington Nagby was his normal self at right. all. Right. I was going to say he's not normally like that. That was that was a bit odd. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe had a stomach bug or something. But yeah. 
I don't know. I couldn't stomach watching most of that game. Speaking of stomach, but, <laughs> but the U.S. is in a pretty good spot considering where it started the hex after two games. Um, and, uh, you know, with Panama coming up, that's going to be the game. I mean, it, uh, it's probably not going to be enough. A win over Panama in that game is probably not going to be enough to clinch. But I think that if they beat Panama, they're in. And, and it's going to be incredibly important, and we have the opportunity to do uh, at Orlando City Stadium what uh, those New Yorkers could not do, and that is make sure that it is a massive U.S. crowd uh, between Orlando City faithful and Outlaws being there and anybody else who just loves soccer. Let's uh, let's get out there and support the red, white, and blue. Um, you know, it's it, there's no reason not to. It, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be an important game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I. I'm sure you're going. Yes, I am. I'm going to be in the stands for that one. I'm making Gavin cover the game from the press box so I can go as, <laughs> so I can go as a fan. Uh, the, the cool thing is here is if you make this a U.S. fortress, we'll get more of these games. Ask Columbus how it works. That's right. And, <laughs> and, and you know, we, we've got the beautiful stadium. There is no reason to not take advantage of this and, and uh, you know, Fill that place uh, with nothing but uh, with nothing but us Yanks, and mm-hmm. just uh, you know, be loud, be proud, and uh, hopefully, you know, cheer the boys on and 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 get that very very important win. That's right. Come on, all you outlaws! I believe that we will win, and uh, that we will see freedom intensify. We will score. We will put some freedom deposits in the net, and uh, we'll take care of Panama in early October. Uh, Dave, let's get to our mailbag. Woo! Uh, the mailbag, uh, folks, you can uh, you can hit us up. You can ask us anything. It could be about soccer. It could be about not soccer. Uh, it could be about either thing, soccer or not soccer. And you can do that on Twitter. We're at the mainland, and uh, you can hashtag ask TMLPC, and uh, we will be happy to answer your questions each and every week. Uh, or you can email us. The mainland at gmail.com is our email. Uh, ask us whatever is on your mind. We will be happy to answer. We are certifiable experts in all fields. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on certifiable. Certifiable, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's get to our questions of the week. Jacob Bynum wrote us on uh, last week. He wrote us uh, the day that the podcast dropped. He was a little late getting his question in, but we'll be happy to revisit and uh, he says, if Orlando City does not renew Kaká's contract, who should they spend their capital on, and how much do they have to spend, Dave? Oh. Um, he didn't say Dave. I, I ad-libbed that. Yeah. Okay, good. I was going to say, because uh, usually they ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know uh, the, the who in particular. Um, you know, I, I would say that the – before Yoshi got here, and even with Yoshi getting here, you know, one of the, the – the positions that we talked about uh, many times uh, was a attacking midfielder. Um, well, of course, with recent developments, now we may need another defending midfielder at this point. So, I, I would, um, you know, I would think that uh, unless they can get um, a, a DP, you know, level player of a, the Giovinco type, that uh, you know, spread the money around a little bit. Um, you know, fill, fill, you know, backfill in the positions or fill in the positions that we need. Uh, covered, like I said, midfield is a big uh, area need at this point. Um, despite Yoshi doing doing well and and us having him and uh, and I expect great things, but uh, I would say that those 
uh, for me, it would be, you know, fortify that midfield. And then as far as how much money, I'd have to look that up. But Michael probably has that off the top of his head. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Whether you spend a million dollars on a DP or $7 million on a DP like they do with Kaká, it's the same cap hit either way. The cap hit is the same uh, for a designated player. So ostensibly, they have at least up to at least $7 million that they could spend per year uh, on a uh, on a replacement for Kaká. So you can get a lot of value for that. Um, I think Kaká largely got paid for his name and for his ability to uh, be an ambassador for the team in some respects, build the popularity of this team in Brazil, and sell a lot of shirts. Um, so I don't think you'll see this team spend all $7 million unless they can get someone of the quality of Giovinco. Um, you know, if you can get somebody like that, you have to go do it. And I would even spend $7 million to make a guy like Almiron happy, you know, mm-hmm. to bring him in here, uh, somebody of that quality. Um, so I, I don't know who that person is. Maybe it's Christian Cueva, uh, you know, a, a guy who's playing for, I believe, Sao Paulo now. And, um, you know, a guy that's been on Orlando City's radar. That, that's a possibility uh, if you want a name. But I, I think we've seen over the years that it's going to be a name that surprises us with this group. It's, you know, uh, we didn't see Scott Sutter coming. We kind of didn't really see Jonathan Spector coming. Uh, nope. we, had, we had heard of Gregory Surtich uh, might be coming, but we didn't know who the heck he was either <laughs> when we first started hearing the rumors. And, uh, you know, we certainly we heard, we heard the name Yoshi Otoon, but we didn't know who the heck he was. Yeah, Yoshimar Otoon. I had seen Peru play and I didn't remember. You know, I don't I, I'm unless I see a team play a lot. I don't necessarily remember uh, all of the players on that team. So, uh, yeah, I think that. Um, it's going to be somebody that surprises us, but that's got to be the quality level. It's got to be uh, there for them to, to pay, uh, you know, designated player prices for it. It can't be, uh, it can't be a symbolic guy. It can't be a guy that's, you know, in the decline of his career. It's really a young man's game, major league soccer. Now it's a speed mm-hmm. game. Uh, you, I, I would love to see somebody that's creative, that has a lot of pace that uh, not just pace, but quickness, lateral quickness that can make right. moves and, and just get behind guys and, and create all kinds of problems. The way we've seen Piatti, the way we've seen Giovinco and guys like that uh, do it. Heck, throw $7 million, uh, throw something Montreal's way and pay Piatti. Bring him in here. <laughs> I mean, uh, Piatti is everything we had kind of hoped that Kaká would be. Uh, am I am I wrong, Dave? Piatti's kind of no. everything we'd hoped that, that Kaká would provide, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, the, the, I guess the only thing that, you know, like you mentioned that Kaká, you know, brought was, you know, the name, uh, you know, selling the jerseys. But at this point, there's no reason why, you know, uh, Piatti couldn't do the same thing. So uh, it, it's like I say, I've, I, I, I don't know, you know, because it's, it's seldom that uh, Jason goes out and makes these big splashy uh uh, moves. Although if Kaká doesn't come back and they got a lot of money, you could heck even if you only spent half of it, got someone somewhat splashy, and then had the rest of it to go spend on other guys. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that too. I mean, you know, there's, but we 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 need. God, there's plenty of needs. Um, <laughs> I was about to say we need more attack, but at the same time, I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, well, if we get Jonathan back, and uh, you know, I feel better about the. 
the 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 starting defense or what should be the starting defense um, than I do uh, the general offense. But uh, I, 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 I really do think it'll be, um, like you said, it'll be somebody that we have no idea about. And uh, hopefully it'll be the, the, a specter level where it comes in and just absolutely impresses or, or even a Yoshimar uh, who uh, so far. And, and, you know, I think you and I are both on board with Yoshi. So, uh, you know, but uh, don't get me wrong. I'd love to spend a lot of money and get somebody really cool and, and big and, and, you know, have have that big splashy thing and lots of attention and score some goals. I'm, I'm all on board with that. I just don't know if that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll see what happens. I feel good. I think that, um, you know, even if we never see Will Johnson in purple again, I think that um, Dylan Powers can play the eight. I think Chris mm-hmm. Nikita can play the six. So I think you can you can get younger there in the six and, and move No Chirino. Um you know, uh, Iguita is a little pacier than Nocherino. Certainly, he's more of a uh, more of a midfield destroyer than than uh, Antonio is. Um, yep. And uh, you know, with his, he, you know, if he plays offense the way he did his last two games, then then I'm going to ride or die with Christian Iguita. I mean, if we could just stuff. get him to to dial back on the uh, on the, uh, I don't want to dial back on the aggressiveness, but dial back on the uh, the mistakes. Yeah, uh, it's know, not the, really the, the aggressiveness the, the, that bothers me with it's him. The dumb mistakes. It's it's yeah, it's the petulance. It's kicking a ball away and yelling at the ref and getting a yellow card when you don't. Right. It's really just if you're not wearing the armband, don't ever Walk speak away. to the ref. Don't ever speak to him. Don't even put him in a position where he can give you a dissent card. I mean, just think the guy out there that's not wearing either team's colors, he's not someone you can talk to. You can't. Yeah. Just walk away. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for the question, Jacob. I'm hoping that it's somebody really awesome. And the aforementioned Christian Cueva would probably fit the bill. Um, anyway, uh, we've got more questions, a couple more. Uh, we're going to go to ACM uh, on Twitter, who wants to know, is should Jason Christ be more concerned with Kaká re-signing or focus on a more solid back line? that's plagued Orlando city since our first year. Well, I went with you first last question. So I'll start with this. I think Jonathan Spector not being in the lineup right now makes it look worse than it is. I think that in the, if you go back to the beginning of this season, we were all very uh, appreciative of how Jose Aja was playing before he got hurt. Every, every, every uh, there wasn't any bad tweets or anything about Jose Aja in the first two months of the season, really. So, it really kind of crystallized in that Montreal game that finished 3-3. And even though Orlando City didn't lose that game, that's kind of where the Jose Aja hate really started. I think, for me, that's that seems to be like the turning point where everybody kind of turned on him and made him the scapegoat. I think when he's playing next to Jonathan Spector, he's largely a very responsible defender. I think that Jonathan keeps those uh, those younger guys in line. And when it's just young guys out there, they don't have anyone to keep them in line. So they kind of freelance a little bit and or try to get by on, re, you know, reactions or athleticism. And it's just not working. That's not how it works in MLS. You have to you have to have that experience on the back line. So I would like to see uh, Jason Christ bring in a center back. Uh, but then again, what does that do to t- Tommy Redding? I mean, what does it do to him? He's already wants to be starting. And if he's not starting, he may be looking elsewhere. And so you you have to be willing to to do that. It's like if, if we pull this trigger, we may be losing Tommy. So do we do this, or do we ride or die with Tommy and hope that he is the guy? And I know a lot of people earlier in the year wanted to ride or die with Tommy, and 
lately we've died with Tommy more than we've ridden. Uh, <laughs> but that's been that way, with, again, with all three of the young center backs. So right. he either develops and plays alongside Spectre, or you got to bring in somebody with Spectre. I think MLS really is a, is a league where you need veteran defensive, uh, you know, defensive players. And I think that if you can bring in a Spectre-level guy to play next to Spectre, Holy Ooh. crap! You got yourself a good uh, you got yourself a good back line. Um, so uh, I to answer your question, ACM, I don't think Christ should be concerned at all with re-signing Kaká. I don't think this team should re-sign him for a number of reasons. Number one, they're not getting the return of, on investment on the field. They're certainly getting it monetarily because they're selling a crapload of shirts all across the world. Uh, they're not getting the return on the field. They're not getting results on the field, and I don't think. And I, you can put me on full blast if you want to for this opinion, because it's just an opinion. I don't think he's captain material. I think he's a player that all other players respect him, but I don't think he's the guy that gets everybody in line. I think I think Jonathan Spector next year should be captain of this team. Because Will, uh, Will, we've already decided Will's not coming back. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and if Kaká's not back, I think Jonathan Spector's the captain. Okay, so a lot to uh, unpack there. Uh, to answer the question... Um, the question was, should he be more concerned with uh, re-signing Kaká or doing something about the back line? I right. think the answer is neither. Um, well, I you're agree going, with you're you. Gonna, you're going. You're riding die in midfield. Uh, well, yeah. Well, let, let me answer. Let me answer. So what I'm saying <laughs> is, we don't need to. Uh, I agree with you. We don't need to re-sign Kaká. Um, you know, not that we don't appreciate everything he's done for this club. Sure. But if we want to move forward um, as a club then, you know, we need somebody younger, maybe a better captain, like you said. So that answers that part. Second part is, um, you know, like you said, with Spectre out, it's felt like there's been a lot of problems. But when he's been in there, there have been less problems. So uh, I would hedge towards, you know, getting in under another defender, just like you said. But if we didn't do that, um, we do have young talent that we can develop there. So, you know, and I'm just strictly answering the question here. I don't know that needs to be either or there. There, you know, yes, I, uh, I'm i more concerned about the midfield right now. Um, but um, if I had to choose between the two, don't sign, uh, sign somebody else in the center back position, just like you were saying. Let's stabilize that back there. And, and let's make it so that Joe Bendick doesn't have to win as many uh, uh, save, of the, save of the weeks. Perhaps we would have a, a center back pairing of Jonathan Spector and Gregory Sertich. Ooh. <laughs> wouldn't that be something uh that's Ooh. something that could maybe that could get revisited uh okay so uh phil by the way thank you for your question acm at x star crunch on twitter thank you very much uh phil from twitter who doesn't want us to use his twitter handle um because we probably couldn't really pronounce it anyway um <laughs> wants to know he says phil here again uh what are orlando city's biggest needs for the offseason and how much more time should jason christ get before he's fired Dave, that's two very different questions, but uh, go go for it. Uh, well, I think I've harped on the uh, the needs a little bit already. Um, yeah. You know, as far as I do, so I think I think we can let that stand where where that is. Um, as far as uh, Jason, uh, you know, we're only talking about you know a season and a half so far. Um, you know, he's been bringing in people, but there's been some things that are. Um, you, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in luck, but it's kind of hard to to not you know, see it, um, you know, as, as we don't get calls and, and balls hit crossbars and, and, and banging off the woodwork all the time. So there, there, there are 
things that are kind of nebulous out there. That being said, um, I think I think he uh, I still think he's the right man for the job. Um, he does need to get his you know pieces into place. Obviously, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. If he has the offseason and gets people in and it comes around this time next year and we're in the same spot, then that seat is very hot and maybe it's time. But even <clears throat> even then, it's going to depend on, on how it happened. You know, did we miss it by a little bit because some other team got hot? You know, did we, you know, if we miss it by a lot, okay, yeah. But, you know, it, it's going to it's gonna come down to, you know, how it happened. Because if we do let Jason go, then guess what, everybody? It all starts over. Mm-hmm. And Training now we're talking you. about it. We're talking about another couple of years before it's even a chance again. So, you know, it's, if you turn and burn coaches, I mean, you know, for those, uh, you know, we live in the South and most everybody watches college football and, and we know what happens when you, uh, when you turn over coaches too often in, in, in football, it, it does not work out. Um, and the same can be said for, for MLS. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I still have confidence in, in, in Jason. I think that, uh, you know, given the things that he, uh, the, the moves he's made, the people, he, you know, personnel he's brought in, I think he's moving the team in the right direction. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, unless it's some catastrophic, you know, big time failure next year, I, I'm, I'm still on board with him. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we've talked quite a bit about the needs of a creative midfielder, um, certainly more, definitely more quality in the midfield and somebody that can help the strikers score with some secondary scoring. Uh, you see this on other teams. You see other teams that are successful have uh, midfielders who can put the ball in the net as well as their, uh, as well as their strikers. So you got to have additional scoring uh, from the midfield, additional creativity and playmaking from the midfield that can get the balls into the strikers. That's really the the biggest need of this team. And the second biggest need. I would say there, I would put a big need at getting another veteran center back, even if it's somebody that's only going to be there for a year to groom a, a, a young, to help groom Tommy Redding, to help groom Leo Pereira. Uh, both of those guys have so much upside. Um, although I, I'm starting to think after seeing that own goal from Tommy <laughs> a couple of games ago, I really would like to see him play some defensive midfield as to see how yes. he can do there. Um, yes. I, I think that, for me, I'm not convinced that a player at his age gets good in the air. I think you're either good in the air by the time you get to that level, or it's not going to happen. And well, I think I, in Major I don't League Soccer, you. but you're gonna. I'm gonna. Because <laughs> and it's gonna be real quick. You can't teach speed. You can't teach height. Yeah, and I don't even know that it's height. I mean, I, you look at you look at a guy like Jonathan Spector. He's not incredibly tall, but he's pretty good in the air. He's good at doing those little things, those little nudges, those little tugs at just the right moment, those little leans that throws off the other guy just enough to where he can win that aerial ball or at least make sure that the guy, you know, that he's guarding doesn't uh, win it cleanly. So um, I just haven't seen that progression from Tommy in the air. I think every time I think I see it, then he has two or three bad games in the air in a row. And I just don't... uh, I don't know. I don't know if his future is at center back. It could be at right back. It could be as a defensive midfielder. Um, but I would really like to see a, a a guy who plays in the air like Aurelian Collin, mm-hmm. but who doesn't pull the back line out of shape like Aurelian Collin. <laughs> I know those guys are out there somewhere. I mean, I think Kansas City has two of them. 
Um, but anyway, we just got to get one. That's yeah. all. So I think those are the biggest needs. I think there's a, a. I think this team needs a veteran center back. You need. I think a good veteran pairing on this team would have made a big difference this year, even though the team hasn't scored a lot of goals. <laughs> um, and of course that that creative midfield uh, that helps the offense. Uh, you know, whether it's by extra scoring, setting up goals, both preferably. So those are, those are what I see as the biggest needs, and we've talked about those quite a bit. Uh, Phil, I would say, how much more time should Christ get before he's fired? I am definitely saying one more window. Uh, if this team has not appreciably improved by middle of next season, I think he's going to be, it's going to be extremely difficult for him to keep his job. Um, I don't think this is an incredibly um, patient ownership group. Uh, I think that we saw that with Adrian Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adrian, you know, in fairness, Adrian was Phil Rollins' guy. It wasn't Flavio's guy. Um, so he was never really Flavio's guy. If he had been a little bit, little bit better, Adrian Heath, either first two years, this team would have been in the playoffs. Right. And we wouldn't even be talking about Jason Christ right now. But that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, again, the, the, the patience wasn't there. If you go back to Adrian Heath, Dave, and look at when he got fired. Yeah, they got shellacked by Dallas. Everybody was getting shellacked by Dallas. Um, right. And, yes, they got knocked out of, in embarrassing fashion. They lost to Fort Lauderdale in, a, in the U.S. Open Cup. But they dominated that game, Dave. And there's no such thing as fairness in soccer. Uh, we saw Haji Berry hit like the post like five times in that game. And the shots after halftime were 20 to one in favor of Orlando city. And it just happened that that one went in on PC's just gorgeous shot. So, you know, those two results followed, I think five, a five or six game unbeaten streak. And if you go back and you do you remember it was like a year, like over a calendar year that the team didn't lose at home. Yeah. Under Adrian Heath. So it's not like he was doing poorly and he still got fired. Um, You know, the Adrian Heath had a three year plan. He made it a year and a half into that plan before they got rid of him. Well, Jason Christ was brought in late last year, late, you know, relatively late last year. Mm -hmm. He got to go through the rest of that year as an evaluation period. So I'm not really counting that. He needed to find out what he had. Right. That wasn't even team building. That was just find figure out what's, what pieces are here, what he's missing. So he's basically had since then two windows, an off season window and a mid season window, which I think the team has done pretty well with both of those. Very few misses, a lot of hits. Agreed. Um, he gets one more window. If the team doesn't start winning after the, the winner, you know, when they're coming into next year, um, if they do the same thing where they roll through the first two months and then just start losing and losing and losing again, he'll be gone by the all-star break. That's what I think. Fair point. Um, I guess the question was, should he be fired? And I think it is fair. I think it's fair if you give the guy three windows and the team doesn't appreciably improve in three windows. But so far, he's only had two. So I'm going to give him a third. Because I think by that time he should have correctly identified all the problem areas and replaced the players that he needed to replace. So far he's replaced, uh, what, the fullbacks, one center back at least, because you can argue that Tommy was already here and and Jose was already here, and you, and they also re-signed Jose. Right. Um, 
Nocherino was already here. He inherited him. So that would be a replacement guy if they, if they replace Nocherino in the offseason. Um, second striker has been replaced because we didn't really have a second striker before because uh, we were using a one-striker system. So he comes out. Uh, they got Dom. There's really no excuse not to put balls in the net. Um, and it's just a matter of feeding those guys. So it really comes down to now is can they find the other midfield pieces they need? I really think having Kaká on the team has kind of hindered this club uh, in several ways, despite the fact that Kaká has set up goals and scored goals. I just think consistently it's not been there. That quality has not been there from that position. And the DP situation on this team is untenable. You can't have, you know, a, a guy who's playing okay, but not great, taking up a DP slot. And another guy who's just never lived up to his, his uh, you know, ability his, uh, or his upside in Carlos Rivas as the other DP. You can't have two wasted DP slots. Yeah, when, when we're sitting here on these podcasts going, for God's sakes, don't let Carlos ever take a uh, set piece again. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not DP, good. Can't have a DP doing that. Uh, okay, so Phil, thanks for your question. Uh, again, you can get your questions into us on Twitter. Uh, we are at the mainland. Just tweet to us. Uh, with the hashtag AskTMLPC, which stands for The Mainland Podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll be happy to answer your questions. Dave, uh, before we get to the uh, key matchups and our predictions for Orlando City at DC United, this game does need to be played for some reason, um, I would like to say that last week I forgot something kind of important. Oh. Yeah, I forgot to read the five-star review of the week from uh, from iTunes. Oh, uh, you're going to get in trouble with the uh, managing editor. Yeah, he's he's a hard ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, the thing is, if we're trying to encourage people to leave us iTunes reviews, you know, leave us your star rating reviews. If you give us a five-star review and, and leave, you know, leave comments, uh, we will read them on the air. Uh, it, it will help us reach more listeners if you uh, if you leave us reviews and um, especially if they're very nice reviews and hopefully if you're listening to this and you're a long-time listener then you have a reason to give us a nice review because otherwise why you've been listening to us all this time <laughs> right uh, i mean you know we've two got... guys yammering um i think it's yeah. because we have the great guest it's not because of us no definitely not <laughs> um it's 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 obviously the guests and then um the, the, that's the only thing i can think of all right so um i the other thing too is I'm not really sure which ones of these I read, <laughs> except for I know we read Lee's last week because it was the most recent one, um, okay. and I'm so I have to read two. So I'm going to read Goofy Red uh, has said best podcast for takes on Orlando City. I may that may be one that I read earlier. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, worth repeating though. Since I'm going to since I had to do two anyway, uh, there was a chance I would get two. I'm going to go backwards. So I'm ne- I'm definitely not going to forget where I was because the next one. Gotta love the uh, screen name, Radioactive Clown. <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> five star review from Radioactive Clown, who just happened to be a, a guy who used to write for us. I uh, knew but, that name. But he gave us a five star review. Uh, five star review. Good discussion and analysis for Orlando City. Nice to also hear from players and coaches at times. My go to podcast for Orlando City. So thank you, Radioactive Clown, also known as Luis, uh, for that uh, five star review. If you want to uh, leave us a five-star review, we'd be happy to read it on the air here on the Mainland Podcast. Thanks so much. We have uh, 
13 five-star reviews, Dave, and only two Woo! and only two that are not five-star, and they are one-star reviews because Uh-oh. those are haters, and haters are going to hate, uh, hate, 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 hate. <laughs> I've, I've been told that anyway. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. I, I didn't comment because I was silently laughing. You know that laugh you have it's silent before it becomes loud? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what was going on there because Michael was singing Taylor. So, uh, yeah. I don't sing Taylor. I don't. All right. Well, Michael was quoting Taylor was anyway. Quoting, yes, yes. So if Gavin listens to this, he's gonna. I'll never hear the end of it. Um, Gavin Eubank, big Taylor Swift fan. If in case anybody <laughs> that follows him would know this. Uh, so, but we all have our crosses to bear. Anyway, um, I, it was funny. I read a thing, a tweet about people being upset that Taylor Swift was picked to be the Super Bowl halftime. Uh, thing as I digress a little bit here. Uh, no, it's digress. It said, it said, but for one reason, but the thing you're you're not uh, remembering is that it's for ratings. And I thought, oh yeah, it'd be nice if somebody actually watched the Super Bowl for a change because nobody ever watches <laughs> that. <laughs> it's so hurting for ratings, the Super Bowl. Who would watch such a thing? Uh, uh, I, I and and what's funny is is the the one part of the uh, Super Bowl I usually don't watch, halftime mm-hmm. show. So it's yeah, same. Because uh, Puppy Bowl is probably on usually. Anyway, um, so I shouldn't have said anything because actually that was an SB Nation story. Uh, so I might get, I might get yelled at from somebody. I don't know. Hey, not, probably not. Nobody. Not that we've got it. any. Not that we have any problem with Taylor Swift. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, actually, I don't like Taylor Swift at all. I'm not a big fan. But yeah, but we don't know her personally. Uh, that's true. She's probably a pretty nice person, although sure. uh, I don't know. Song lyrics seem to indicate she has some problems with people. I don't hey, know. Who doesn't? <laughs> got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, uh, I know it's a, it's a little earlier it's for a little, a little early for Festivus jokes. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track, Dave. And uh, so we'll talk about. Uh, thanks those for those five star reviews on iTunes, guys. Uh, let's get back to our show. We're going to wrap it up with uh, Dave here in stoppage time with uh, our key matchups and predictions for Orlando City at DC United. Go. Okay. So, um, geez. Uh, key matchups. Um, oh, gosh. Quite frankly, we just need to score goals. So, um, it, it's going to be. It, um, God, even then, I don't even know if that's going to do it. Okay. So, uh, Regardless of what happens uh, on the defensive end, we need to, to start scoring some goals. So um, whether Dom uh, gets on the board um, and and whether any uh, – well, Yoshi's coming back, or hopefully Yoshi's coming back. So I think here's, – here's what I think. Yoshi comes back. He comes back in halftime after half. Uh, we don't score a goal until then. Um, he creates a chance. Dom finally gets his, his – uh, his first goal back, um, and it's good enough for us to lose two one. Oh yeah, yeah. That's very optimistic of you. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, um, I think uh, I may have done this last week, but I'm going to say all eleven Orlando City players against that thing with the posts and the crossbar and the netting. <laughs> that's the key matchup. They yeah. must, must beat that thing. Uh, they must beat it somehow. They must find a way to foil everything that that net has done to them uh, over the course of this season. 
and put the ball inside of it. If they can do that, that's the key for me because they have not worked. It has not worked out well when they have failed to do that. Okay, so um, if they do that, then, then what? Then uh, to quote Dumb and Dumber, I'm telling you, there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to paraphrase, actually, that's not a direct that, quote. That's no, a that wasn't a direct quote because it was, and, and if I remember rightly, that was a uh, like one in a million chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like so. that. So yeah, uh, no, I think if they put the ball in the net, they certainly have a better chance of getting a result at DC than not putting the ball in the net. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that. That there is some solid predicting. I think that we learned at New England that it was a poor strategy to fail to score. Failing that, to score didn't work at all. Throw that strategy right out the window. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why he's the best podcaster in the business. <laughs> yeah, tactically, Jason Christ just didn't know what he was doing when he said, don't <laughs> score. Um, <clears throat> anyway. <Your> strategy. <laughs> yes. Tacticians that we are. We're all in favor of scoring goals. <laughs> Going out on a limb there. Yeah. Going out on a limb. I, I am, at this point, there's seven games left, Dave. I don't know what else I can do except say, score, put the goddamn ball in that. Just, uh, I, we're, we're, we're a little punch drunk, I think. Um, I think I just got the explicit uh, explicit uh, language uh, warning on iTunes uh, for our next podcast, maybe. Did you? Say, oh, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, they... I think you actually have to claim that when you post the thing. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, Dave, so my prediction is uh, two nil hosts. Okay. Yeah, I do not want to lose to D.C. United. I don't like D.C. United. I don't like them at all. I think the only teams I find more objectionable than D.C. United are the Red Bulls, New York City FC, and Atlanta United. I am, I am offended by those three teams' existence. Um, I, in the past, I would have added Columbus because Kai Kamara was there, but since right. he's not there anymore, then um, uh, then that's fine. And I'll agree with you. Yeah. Um, well, don't get me I, wrong. Columbus, the crew came in, and they were kind of jerks in that game. I mean, Harrison Awful elbowed Yoshi in the head. True. <laughs> so See, but they're I'm, still I'm on the list. I'm from Mar- yeah. Well, yeah, they're on the list. They just they're not making the top three anymore. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta came in and took that away from. Them. I'm from Maryland originally, and so I've got a lot of Maryland pride in DC. I've never liked any DC team ever in anything. Like mm-hmm. as soon as they got a baseball team, I was immediately against it. So uh, <laughs> I, I feel the same way about DC United. I'm it, it just it, it, that's what the name starts with. I'm against it. So I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I I really don't want to lose to them. I don't feel good about our chances on that but you know hey uh, there's a hurricane coming so anything could happen right right i will encourage giles barnes to shoot no matter where he is and i will encourage carlos rivas to not do so (laughs) wherever he is because giles barnes completely thwarted bill hamid in that game uh, at Orlando City Stadium, uh, just by shooting the ball right at him, basically. He's like, ah, here you go. And uh, Bill Hamid said, uh, there you go, it's in the net. And, uh, and I don't uh, want Carlos hurting any fans. That's right. I mean, we don't want that to happen. That would be no. bad. Um, if you are going to go to this game in D.C., please sit on the sidelines. Don't sit in the end zones, and certainly not in the upper deck. No, because you're very likely to get hit by it. And, and let's face it, the man has some pace on the ball when he kicks that's it. Right. So you don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing for me is if he had just 
cranked about his first seven or eight into the wall, like into the guy's faces and groins, no one would stand in that wall for him ever again. Because that yeah. word would get around. I mean, you guys would be having like welts, and uh, and you know we'd, not, have, you know, we'd have to we'd have to put up one of those nets they put behind uh, the the goalposts in, in in football so that people would be safe. Yeah, I mean, you just, just kick it low and just like you know, make a couple people unable to father children, and and, and people wouldn't stand in that wall. It'd be like you know, the goalkeeper would be like, okay, I want four in the wall. They'd be like, nope, no, nope, yeah, no, nope. no. Uh, you come out and be the wall, buddy. I'll stand it. I'll give me the gloves and I'll go back there. Wait, I've got the solution. <laughs> so he can take it. He can take the kick, but somebody has to, as he's going up, they have to grab his head and push it down so that he's over top of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's a holder, like a field goal kicker. Right. It's got to be it's just somebody hand on the back of the head, keeping his head down so that he's over top of the ball and problem solved. Maybe that's what it is. Laces have been out this whole time. The laces, <laughs> the laces were in. Oh, oh man, I don't know. Um, yeah, the laces weren't out at all, and and Finkel is Einhorn, and <laughs> I think we've now probably quoted way too many movies <laughs> for one episode. <laughs> we can't do it for like the next five weeks. But uh, no. anyway, Dave, let's put a bow on this. I, this uh, episode number one hundred two of the Mainland Podcast. We want to thank Rachel Hill, who was a fantastic guest from the Orlando Pride. Good luck to her and uh, the rest of her teammates uh, for the remainder of the NWSL season, which only three games left. It's amazing how quickly the, the season has flown by for them um, when you don't have an Olympic break in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, thanks to her. Thanks to Jackie Maynard uh, for helping set up that interview. And, of course, uh, thank you, the home listener, for uh, for choosing this podcast and for hopefully listening listening to it all the way to this point in the end of the show. Um We'll be back next week to break down Orlando City against D.C. United. Hopefully, uh, we'll be much happier next week when we talk to you uh, about the MLS team. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a six-game pride win streak and a 13-game unbeaten OCB streak And uh, because those two teams are in action uh, coming up on Thursday. That's today as the podcast drops. Pride against Seattle Rain, OCB against Richmond Kickers. And uh, no more legal issues. No more legal yeah, issues. Let's not. Let's stay out. Let's stay out of trouble, guys. Come on, please. Can we do that? That'd be great. I really appreciate that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be back to break everything down next week. Get your uh, mailbag questions into us. Ask TMLPC is your hashtag du jour. I didn't use that right. No. It's your, it's your hashtag. Du jour is of the day. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's the hashtag all the time. Yeah, it's always the hashtag. You can always, always use it. Um, Not that you can't use it du jour, because you can. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just clicked on that on on here, and there's like a there's like extra questions that we never ever responded to. Oops. I just clicked on the hashtag, but I think uh, there's a chance that there are some people that did not questions were kind of blocked from my view because if you have asked or if you have used the Christ out hashtag and and used an at you know at the mainland and tweeted at us with a Christ out we probably muted you because I just have no tolerance for that crap. Um, <laughs> I understand that everybody's mad, but you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, some of these uh, well, some of these are kind of kind of old. I think for there's Fernando Patino asked us what was the final word on uh, Quintero, uh, but I think it was just the fact that they were asking too much asking for too much money uh, is what it came down to. And I think that the player and his agent got caught 
pitting one MLS team against another and it backfired on them a little bit. So I think that's what happened there. So if you're still listening to us after we ignored your question, uh, that's what it is. Um, yeah, that's what we got. Don't not ask a question. That's yeah. all we're saying. Don't ask, not ask. Ask, ask question. questions. I'll, I'll just I'll check the, the hashtag uh, next uh, a little bit better from now on. I, I just, uh, yeah, there's some people that have gotten muted. And sometimes it might be accidental even because, uh, but the Christ out thing, yeah, it just sticks in my craw because it's just ridiculous. It's like, do you really want to start off over again, have the next guy come in, tear down the roster and rebuild it again to what, you know, you're probably not going to run a 4-4-2, you know, so, yep. uh, yeah, it's it's it could be ugly, um, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Anyway, that's it for this week. Episode 102. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about all this stuff. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, managing editor of TheMainland.com, signing off the way I always do by saying, please, for the love of God, go City.